You are listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast with Dr. K, episode number 45. Welcome to the Extraordinary Events Podcast, where we aim to educate, inspire, and empower individuals who wish to design transformational experiences. Now, your host, event education champion, Dr. Kristen Mallet. In the Intro to Events class, students have to show mastery of the design thinking process. Students are able to show this mastery in a variety of different ways, such as designing a training video, a game, or even a podcast. They are able to choose any topic and organize their activity in any way that they want, as long as they follow this design process. These student-created podcasts have offered so many insights into what students are thinking and experiencing that I have decided to take two Thursdays a month to feature these works of art. I hope you enjoy today's student-created podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show. This is Peyton's podcast. So my name is Peyton. I'm coming at you from near the University of Nebraska-Lincoln at my home in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm a student right now at the university, and I'm taking the Intro to Events class with Dr. K. And my major is hospitality, restaurant, and tourism management. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Today is all things event accessibility and specifically five ways to make your event more accessible. Let's jump in. So tip number one is to go to your event ahead of time. When checking out the venue, The website may say one thing about their ADA compliance, but the venue itself may say another, so you really do need to go ahead of time and make sure it's actually accessible. What does this mean? Is there elevators inside the event? Is there ramps getting you up towards the doors? Is there multiple doors and points of entry and exit? It's also wise to look at the parking situation. Is there going to be accessible parking for those who need it? It's going to be absolutely necessary to get these questions answered, to go throughout the event hall and make sure people have enough room. The aisles should be clear and wide in case anybody has a wheelchair or scooter or some other device that they need. Having a successful event doesn't just mean having accessibility just for the heck of it. It's because it's required by law. It's something that's completely necessary according to the ADA. The ADA, or Americans with Disabilities Act, first passed in 1990 and was amended in 2008. According to meetingstoday.com, the ADA is a civil rights law that prohibits discrimination of people with disabilities. Disabilities can include a number of things, including physical or mental impairments that substantially limit one or more major life activities. It's important to recognize that not all disabilities are seen by the eye. Every one in five person in the United States has a disability. Whether or not we see it, we need to be prepared for it. We need to make sure our events are accessible to those people. So again, going to your venue ahead of time can help you learn the ins and outs of your hall, where the entrances are, where the exits are. That way you can accordingly plan for the guests that need the most accessibility. So now you've looked at your event venue and you've decided it's the best one and it's going to accommodate for all accessible needs. Our second tip today is to make sure all event materials are going to be available on multiple platforms. This includes any event programming 
or signage. It should all be visible perhaps on the internet as well in signs and maybe even in smaller booklets that the person can hold. This way they have multiple visuals and different types of technology to help them receive that information. I think something important to note is how 2020 has changed events. According to Forbes.com in an article written on May 27th in 2020, virtual events are up 1,000% since COVID-19 began, and there's 52,000 on just a single platform. You have to understand that any in-person events today, especially in 2020, need to have some kind of virtual component for those who can't attend. Having your event program being available on the internet can really help someone attending the event because they don't need to worry about keeping track of a card, and they also don't need to worry about being sanitary with maybe multiple people touching that program or other types of materials they may receive. While making your materials accessible online and in other platforms is great and highly encouraged, you should also consider the language barrier that you might be having with your event. If you have international guests or even bilingual guests, you want to make sure that there are any necessary translators or interpreters at your event to accommodate for them. If this is something you don't think your event can afford, check out this Forbes article called You Don't Need Interpreters at Meetings Anymore. This AI language app translates for you. There's a new artificial intelligence app that's going to provide instant translation for 15 languages without an interpreter, and many people can use it at a time. This is going to make more events accessible and change the game no matter what the size of your event is. Large events typically have translators and interpreters already, but small events may not because of the cost and because of the extra hassle. Item number four is one of the most important things you can do to make your event more accessible. If cost is a barrier for you, item number four is something you should pay attention to, and that is having event signage at your event with inclusive language and direction. Language and imagery are powerful tools that you can use in your event. Whether it's your marketing banners or your signs to the restroom, you can convey a message of inclusivity and accessibility. All event participants should receive detailed maps telling them exactly where they need to go for specific things. You should be addressing parking ahead of time and letting them know about any handicapped spaces that are available or services you're offering for people to use. Consider using multiple languages in your event signage if that's something you feel your event needs based on what was included in people's registration. Also include written descriptions for all images and use pictures whenever you can. Eventbrite has given me other good tips such as using transcripts for all videos and increasing text contrast on all your pages. Even if it's just something you do mobily, you could also do this when you print it out to help people who may be visually impaired or even just the elderly. Another important piece about signage is that it should include directions. Make sure you're using arrows when you need to and other things that will help people know where to go. And the last important note about event signage is to include inclusive language. Everyone should feel represented and welcomed based on the language that you use in your event signage. My final tip is super simple. Number five, ask your attendees what you can do to make the event better and more accessible for them ahead of time. If you can anticipate or learn about your attendees' needs, you're going to be able to serve them so much better than before. 
Part of this, even without asking specific questions about what they need, is just knowing who your target market is. For example, if you know that a lot of the elderly are going to be attending your event, you should have a lot of high contrast and big fonts in your materials for your event. This is going to help them out so much and they will notice. It's also acceptable to ask your attendees after the event in your event surveys ways that it could have been more accessible for them. So you can't use them in the event this year, but you can use that in future events. And if that event is recurring, you can for sure use it next year. This has been five ways to make your event more accessible. Remember to visit your site ahead of time, make those event materials accessible on multiple platforms, hire any translators or interpreters needed, have all needed signage with inclusive language and direction, and ask your attendees what their needs are. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I had so much fun talking to you all about event accessibility, and I learned a lot in the making of this episode. If we all stay committed to keep being creative, innovative, learners, and people who care for others around them, we will always do our best job keeping our events accessible, inclusive, and welcoming for everyone. Thank you. And a special thank you to Peyton for doing this very important and very passionate podcast. I am someone who cares a lot about inclusive design, universal design, accessibility, and students have the ability to create whatever podcast they want as long as they follow the design process and the steps to show that they're they're mastering the process the outcome can really be about anything they want it can be about tips and tricks it can be about a personal story it can be an interview anything that the student wants that falls along on this process and they do have to get their topics pre-approved through myself so that way we don't have 10 people that are focusing on the same thing on the podcast because they all know that it will be published in the podcast as long as it's you know a certain quality and you can hear people etc now when Peyton came to me about doing accessibility my heart was so full and I'm so thankful that she decided to focus her podcast on something that is often overlooked and so definitely needed. So with that, I would like to thank all of you for taking the time to make the time to listen to our podcast for today. And thank you again to Peyton for this wonderful podcast. I will talk with you all soon. Thank you for listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.